Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We recently completed a series called The Gifted from Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 6, 7, and 8. Uh, It was on the unique gifts that God has given to us. Those uh, seven gifts were uh, prophecy, serve, teaching, encourage, giving, leading, and mercy. Uh, God gave us these gifts regardless, regardless if we believe in God or we use that gift to advance his kingdom. He's good like that. That was a little slang, but I hope you will give me some space because we are in Chicago. We are in an urban setting. So God is good like that. There's no expectations, no requirements. Um, And even though he would give us these gifts, even though he may know, actually I do think he knows, that we may not even use his gift to advance the kingdom. We use those gifts for our own selfish needs. He will still give us those gifts anyway. And I'm trusting that we already know that God is good like that. And he's giving freely, giving unconditionally. And I'm trusting that we want to learn more about our God-given gifts and use our God-given gifts to advance his kingdom. So don't just put in the back of your mind, like, oh, the gifted series, that's over with. Now I'm going to move on to something else. Let's continue to learn about the God-given gifts that, that we have and use that to advance his kingdom. And, and the way to advance his kingdom is to point people to Jesus, pointing people away from ourselves and pointing people away from our ministry. I know sometimes it takes a hit on your ego, but when we point people to Jesus, that is how we advance the kingdom. So how do we use our God-given gifts to advance his kingdom? Firstly, we need to know where we are going. Right? I, think, I think that's, hopefully that's a common sense statement to everyone. We need to have a vision of where to go in order to advance anything or anywhere. We should have an idea of the direction that we are advancing toward, right? If we are advancing somewhere, we need to have an idea of where we are going. This leads us to the topic I want to talk about this morning is having godly vision for our lives. So generally, generally speaking, it is important to have a vision for our lives, period, right? I hope that everybody knows that, as it will give us focus and it keeps us moving forward. We want to always and continually moving forward. So it's a way of growing and learning and maturing, right? If we work in a, in, in a, for a job for 15 years, I hope after 15 years you would know how to do your job well, be promoted to another position, and have more responsibility. So that's what I mean in terms of moving forward. Or if you are in school, eventually you want to graduate from school, right? Unless you want to be in school full time, which some of us may want to, but we want to graduate and, and practice our skills and grow in that. So we always want to continually moving forward. Uh, don't confuse continually moving forward with not having rest, as we all need physical rest. That is true. However, we can still have spiritual rest while we are advancing God's kingdom. But rest is a topic for another day. 
I just want to make sure I say that. Uh, it's not because we're driven. We do need rest, but spiritual rest is different than physical rest. So as we're moving forward, we must have a direction of where we are going. Otherwise, we will spend our whole lives going around in circle, or worse yet, staying in one place, in the same place. As in, when I'm speaking spiritually, it means facing the same thing the generations before us have to face. Fighting the same struggles, fighting the same obstacles, fighting the same addictions that the, struggle, that, that the generation before us had to fight. So that's what it means to go around in the same circle or stay in the same place because we have to fight the same thing. So we need to move forward so then the obstacles and the challenges that Vanessa and I face, our kids will never have to face that. They will advance because they have their own obstacles and challenges that they have to fight. They should not have to fight our obstacles also. So, um, so spiritually, we need to keep that in mind because when the spiritual obstacles and struggles will manifest themselves in physical form. But that's for another day. But the main thing is, this is why it is important to have a vision, period. Having a vision will, will help us to have a destination in terms of where we are going. Right? You want to know where we are going, right? You want, to, you want to know, if you're in school, you want to know, okay, in four years, I will be done and I'm gonna graduate. We know the destinations. We wanna have a clarity of the journey when we, when we go somewhere together. A direction in terms of how to get there, to recognize this is where I need to get to. Obviously there's obstacles. I may need to go around it, but that's where I need to go to. So there's a clarity togetherness uh, of, of focusing on the path and not be distracted or veer off course just because like, oh, there's a butterfly. Let's go chase butterfly. We know where we are trying to get to. Uh, there's also unity. When we have vision, there's unity in terms of individual coming to, individuals coming together and, and going to the same place. A family understands where we're trying to get to. For example, uh, I use us as an example. When we planted restoration, our whole family, our kids, understood this is what it meant. This is what we're going to do. So there's a unity as in the togetherness. As you can see, all of my family except for me is back there on stage. If you've been here any period of time, you know that's a sore point for me. <laughs> um, momentum, right? Having a vision will give us momentum to grow, to advance, moving forward, maturing. Uh, I said that earlier, so we can learn how to continue to give us hope as something to live for, to know, oh, where I am right now is very difficult, but there's a hope because that's where I'm going. This obstacles, this challenges, this tough season will be over and there's a hope waiting for me. Know who I am and what I am living for. I'm living for the kingdom of God. So the challenges that I see right now is just very temporary. And, uh, and the next thing is having a vision will help us to recognize there is an inheritance waiting for us. Right? There is an inheritance waiting for us, every single one of us, uh, to when we reach our destination. So these are just some of the things that that come from having a vision in our lives for ourselves, for our families, and for our church, specifically for restorations. Uh, but let's look at what scripture has to say about having godly vision. We will look at uh, several translations from Proverbs 29, verse 18. I know, actually, I think most of us are very familiar with this verse, but let's look through this verse together through the different translations there are. So the NIV, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, 
but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. The King James Version said, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keep the law, happy is he. The ESV, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. The ASV, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint, but he that keep the law, happy is he. The message, if people can't see what God is doing, what happens when they can't see what God is doing? They stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And, and last one, the one last one, the, um, the Amplified Version. When there is no vision, as in when there is no revelation of God, no revelation of his word, the people are unrestrained. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law. So the common theme here is without vision, there's lack of directions. I try to use a different translation to help everyone understand this. Uh, some may just only use the ESV, only NIV, the ASV. Honestly, it doesn't really matter as long as you're using something to read the Bible. So the thing is, but that's a common theme, right? Lack of, lack of directions. Wildness, running wild. Stumble all over themselves. Unrestrained. And worse all, perish. Without vision, we will perish. Uh, an example I want to share is, I just talked about how great Chicago is, but I'm going to share an example of something that happened with when people have no vision. Is on Friday, for those of you who may or may not saw this on the news, there were 100 teenagers hanging out on North Avenue Beach. So they were running wild. They were unrestrained. They stumbled, themse stumbled over themselves. So they got into fight, and a shot was fired, and the law enforcement came and pretty much clear out the, be the whole beach. Now, life is difficult for everyone else who's trying to go to North Avenue Beach because the officer is going to be searching bags and making sure no one can do anything. So that is an example. When there's no vision, people run wild. They stumble over themselves. And if the law enforcement didn't come, people probably would have perished during that time. So we can see through these different translations, vision means revelation of God and revelation of his word. Prophetic visions, meaning see what God is doing. When you can see what God is doing, we can follow and we know what we need to do, as in godly guidance. So the most important thing to know if, if something is from God, we must firstly, firstly, know about God. We must know who God is, right? So if, if something just kind of happened up in the air and in your mind you think, oh, this must be from God. Well, we must know who God is because if we know who God is, we would know that he wouldn't say something like that. If we know who God is, we would know that he wouldn't do something like that. So we must know who God is. That's first and foremost. So the bottom line is having a godly vision means having a revelation of God, of who he is, how amazing he is. So through scriptures, we know that everything is about Jesus. Everything begins and ends with Jesus. That, that song talked about that. He's above all things, over all the universe, over every heart. He is the Alpha and the Omega, right? I, I brought that up, uh, Revelation 22, verse 13. The first and the last, the beginning and the end. Everything is about Jesus. 
Everything points to Jesus. Everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. Everything in the New Testament is about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So we must get to know Jesus. Have a revelation of who Jesus is and how amazing he is. We often use the term vision. Uh, even in a secular setting, you know, I work also, I have a job. I think if anyone, and you have a job, you would know that any company, any group will always have a vision statement. So everyone use the term vision to rally the people around, even in the secular settings where God is not involved or God is not honored. However, the original meaning of the word vision is revelation of God. Most people don't realize it. Revelation of God. That's what the original meaning of the, the, the word vision is. So if there's one thing you can remember from this morning, remember that. Having a godly vision is to have a revelation of God. So when we have a revelation of God from Proverbs 29, verse 18, we're happy, right? We're blessed. We have a direction. We know where we're going. We know there's a purpose for us. We, are, we have protection. There's safety. And we know that we're provided for because we know who God is versus the, the terms that we use. Wildness, unrestrained, perished, stumbled over ourselves. Essentially, we must know God. Having a revelation of God as I said before, having a revelation of his majesty, having a revelation of his holiness, having a revelation of his unimaginable power, that nothing is impossible. Miracles can happen, do happen, has happened, and will continue to happen. His wisdom and his love for us. Having a revelation of how amazing he is will cause us to sing, cause us to do things that are crazy, cause us to, like Vanessa said, be obedient, even though it doesn't make sense in the things that we see in the natural. So we must continually remind each other to grow in our revelation of Jesus. We must continue to grow in our revelation of Jesus. I, um, I met someone who, this was a long time ago, and there's nobody here at Restoration, by the way, so don't guess. Um, someone that said, why do you always talk about Jesus? And right there and then, I just realized, you just don't have the revelation of Jesus. Because the more we get to know Jesus, the more we want to know more of who Jesus is, and the more that we will realize we don't know much about Jesus. Because the more we know God, we realize that we're blessed, we're happy. So you want to be more blessed. You want to be even happier. You want to be more at rest. You want to be provided for and protected and prosper. We will never know enough about Jesus. No theologian, I will go on the limb and say this, no theologian who has ever lived can say that they have studied all there is to study about Jesus. Ask anyone who has walked with Jesus for a long time. I'm gonna use Marie, because I think she's the oldest one here. They will all say, and Marie, I guarantee this, even though I haven't talked to her about this, they will all say the same thing. The more they grow in the revelation of Jesus, the more they will realize there's so much more to know about Jesus. So we must continue to spend time, spend more time, grow in our revelation of Jesus, grow in our understanding of who Jesus is, how amazing he is. One of the best ways to grow in our revelation of Jesus is to study his word. I'm gonna talk about this a little bit, but when I say study, I don't mean just read it, study it. Actually, buy yourself a commentary. Dig into what a certain passage, what it means instead of just read it. 
it is studying the Word is the most important foundation in how we walk out the purpose that God has created specifically for us. Psalm 1, verse 1, 2, and 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. They don't do those things because what? They know his law. They know what they should be doing. But those, but whose delight, because they know his law, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, meaning strong, right? Strong and healthy and feeling safe, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. When we rest in the Lord and follow his law day and night, whatever we do will prosper. That is a guarantee. That is a statement we know. I can say that because I know of who God is, my revelation of our Lord Jesus. So the more we know, the more we grow in our revelation of Jesus, the easier it will be to trust in him and to follow his law, trust in his leading, and trust in his provision. Isn't that crazy? Hopefully it's not crazy for you guys, but it's just very counterintuitive, right? The more we know someone, the more we can trust in him. Trust in who he is because we know who he is, just like I said earlier. Because I know who Jesus is, the things that are happening, that's not him. Because I know who Jesus is, what I'm facing right now would just be an obstacle. I will overcome. I want to give an illustration to, to help us understand the importance of knowing Jesus. I will always come back to knowing Jesus. So um, let's, let's talk about the credibility. We are, we are here in Chicago. I know some people are visiting Chicago, but I think you all know who Michael Jordan is, right? Hopefully, you know who Michael Jordan is. So let's say if, if I play basketball, which I don't, um, someone will come up to me and say, you know what, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're gonna become a professional basketball player. Just some stranger just visiting the gym. Versus I'm playing basketball and Michael Jordan walks in and he said, Hugh, if you keep doing what you're doing, you will become a professional basketball player. Who do you think I will receive from? And who do you think I would trust in? And who do you think I can just, who will have more credibility? So that because I know Michael Jordan, I know who he is, what he has accomplished, I can trust in him. I believe in the things that he said. Same thing, let's use a business setting. Right? A homeless person say, hey, Hugh, if you keep doing X, Y, and Z, you will be a successful business person. Compare that to, let's say, Warren Buffett will call me up and say, hey, Hugh, keep doing X, Y, and Z, and you will be a successful business person. All right, so I think you get my point, right? If you know who is speaking and you have seen what that person has accomplished, what they have done for themselves and for us, then we can trust in that more then we can actually see and understand where he's taking us and trust that he has something better for us. So we will have an understanding and trust in our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's why it's important to know God. So the same thing applies to our understanding of vision. As I use the illustrations, it's, it's easier to follow and trust in a godly vision when we truly know who reveals it to us. Therefore, to know God the revelation of God is of utmost importance. Sometimes people like to think about the prophetic and all these 
crazy and how they articulate the saying and how you're supposed to say and how they just elaborate the images and the pictures, which is cool. I'm not downplaying that. But it's more important to know Jesus. It is good for us to learn to articulate what we're seeing and help people understand what God is hearing, but we want to help people get to know Jesus first and foremost. Keep the focus on God. As we keep the focus on Jesus, seeing his his vision for our lives and following his vision for our lives will become like second nature. It's almost like you're always looking to Jesus. You go where he's shining, where he's pointing, and next thing you know, you just kind of go in the place following the direction of what he wants us to go. So it becomes second nature as we focus on Jesus. So the word vision in scriptures was used 37 times in the Old Testament. So it's important for us to know, right? It's, it's important as God is showing himself to his prophets in the Old Testament. Now in the New Testament, we have the vision through Jesus. So the prophetic vision in the New Testament is for us to have the revelation of Jesus, greater revelation of who Jesus is. We need the revelation of Jesus to stay the course and move forward. It's going back to what I said earlier. We need the revelation of Jesus to stay the course and move forward, to not be distracted by temptations. Can we be honest to say there's a lot of temptations all the time, everywhere? Momentary pleasure, pleasures, fears, lies, doubts, anxiety, depression, many other things, which are coming at us at all angles, all the time, right? If you have a mobile phone, you probably, sin is crouching at its door waiting to attack us. That's what, that's what God said in Genesis 4. Sin is crouching at his door because all these temptations and momentary pleasures and fears and anxiety is crouching, waiting to get at us, to take our focus off Jesus. And when we can have the revelation of Jesus, of his word, by the way, if we want to, and as much as we want to, to know and have a relation of Jesus, it's up to us. God is like waiting. If I can use the term, sins was crouching at his door, right, to, to, to uh, devour us. God is waiting at the door, wanting to pull out his spirit for us, pull out the revelation to know who we are. It is up to us. It is up to us. Because through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we can see that from Joel chapter 2, verse 28, and afterward, Afterwards, when Jesus was risen from the dead, which has already happened, and reveals himself as the son of God, which had already happened, who died as a sacrificial offering to redeem the sins of all mankind, which had already happened, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old man will dream dreams. Your young man will see visions. So it's almost like a flip, right? Because Jesus is here. He's pouring out the Holy Spirit on us because typically... Old man, with older people, will see visions. Younger people are the ones who dream dreams of other things that happen. But now it's flipped because of the Holy Spirit. Everyone can see visions. Everyone can dream dreams. Everyone can prophesy. We need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to keep, to keep sins crouching at its doors. We need the Holy Spirit. If you ever think that you can do it on your own, that's, you just fell to the number one lie. We cannot. We cannot do that without the Holy Spirit. We cannot do that without Jesus. It's crucially important to have a godly vision 
a revelation of Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to pour out and reveal more to us of who Jesus is. Because it helps us to understand who God is. We need more of the Holy Spirit to help us understand who God is. And when we understand who God is, we will have a better understanding of our identity as the child of God. And it gives us passion to honor God in all his ways. Because the more we know who God is, it just causes us to be even more passionate to know more of who Jesus is. The revelation of God determines how we live to recognize that I am a child of God. I belong somewhere else. I belong in the kingdom of light. Have a revelation of God takes us into our destiny, takes us into our inheritance that has been set aside for us. But we must know who God is to know the inheritance that God has set aside for us. The revelation of God determines who we fix our eyes on. If we know who God is, money is not that big a deal. Can I say that? Is that okay to say that? Money is not that big a deal. Or the lack of money also is not that big a deal compared to who God is. If we fix our eyes on Jesus. Fame or the lack of fame, because sometimes I use the term lack of fame because we work so hard to try to get fame or because we don't have money, we work so hard to try to get money. So the money or lack of money, fame, lack of fame, or positions. Having positions or lack of positions doesn't mean anything in relation to who God is. That's what I said earlier. Point people to Jesus because we know how amazing he is. Because if we stand next to him, there will be nothing. So why are we pointing people to us? Point people to Jesus. Revelation of God sets us apart to know that we are the people with a purpose. When you have a vision, you live with a purpose. You live with, for something. All right, let's move on to the next one. Vision, revelation of God will help us to have vision as in a prophetic. Because as we focus on God, suddenly you just kind of know without really knowing. If that makes sense. That's what prophetic is. It's kind of like you really, you, I don't know why I did what I did. I don't know why I knew what I knew. I don't know why I decided to do this. It's because I'm just focusing on God. And God has given me a prophetic to know and make decisions in the way that I should be making for my life. The revelation of God, and this is a big one, I think, for all of us, it could be an obstacle for us, is help us to make sacrifice. The revelation of God to help us to know that it is worth it. It is worth it to make the sacrifices that we make, to live differently, to make decisions differently, to parent our kids differently, to speak to people differently, to forgive instead of hold grudges, and as to make a sacrifice. And because our sacrifices, in comparison to his sacrifices, is really nothing, right? Because his sacrifices, compared to our sacrifices, is small, but then our sacrifice will help us to walk into our inheritance that God has for us. Once we have the revelation of who God is. I want to wrap up this morning with some practical application to hopefully help us have a godly vision for our lives. Please know this, this applies regardless of where you are in life. Whether you've been walking with God for 50 years or three months or one week, it's the same. It, it applies the same. 
because God is good like that. He's not going to favor anybody. Everyone he loves just as much and the same. Number one, spend time with Jesus. I'm sure you have heard this before, but if I can just try to give it a different twist. Spend time with Jesus is a combination of these three. Number one, study scripture. I'm going to start using the term study scriptures instead of read scriptures because study scriptures is important. Read is good. Study scripture is better. Study scripture. Worship. Sing it out. Like verbally sing out. Verbally sing it out. That's what we're always trying to encourage everyone because if, if you're uncomfortable here, do it at home. Do it in your car, do it in the shower, do it when you're by yourself. Sing it out when no one is listening. You sound great, by the way, just so you know. If I can sing it out, I'm sure you sound better than me. Sing it out because when we sing it out, we're speaking it out. Let the word come out. There's power in that. As we exalt Jesus, as we lift up Jesus, there's a strengthening, there's an encouraging that comes through that. So I want to encourage you guys. If you're not used to doing it, don't say I was raised that way. My culture, I don't have a good voice. I've heard it all. I grew up in an Asian setting. You don't speak, okay? I have terrible voice, which my family reminds me that all the time. But I don't care because of our revelation of Jesus. We're going to praise him. We're going to worship him. So maybe that could be hopefully an encouragement to you. Just like if you can worship and sing it out, I can definitely do it. And, and number three, is time with his people, which is where the local church comes in. The combination of those three, study scriptures, worship, and time with his people. The local church is extremely important. That's the only thing that Jesus is building. The only thing that we see in scripture that Jesus is building. So time with his people, because you spend time with his people, you get to know him more. Sunday, connect group, prayer time, come together. Maybe it's for you, to learn more about Jesus, but maybe it's for someone else to help someone else learn more about Jesus. But the point is, spend time with his people. So the combination of those three. So spend time with Jesus, that's a combination. Do, do the combination of those three. Secondly is obedient to his voice. Vanessa mentioned that. First Samuel 3, 10 said, speak, for your servant is listening. We want to have that attitude. Speak for your servant is listening. It's not about what I want to do. It's not about what my, my parents have raised me up to be and how I'm supposed to be because I love this. This is my desire. I want to be a professional athlete. I want to be a CEO. I want to be who knows what. Speak for your servant is listening. Because he may tell you to, hey, he may tell me to, hey, Hugh, sit down for several years. Speak, for your servant is listening. Or he may tell you, hey, run. Run after the things I have for you. Speak, your servant is listening, and I want to run after the things that God has for me. Embarrass myself. It's okay. Be obedient to the things that God has called us. Actually, he will never embarrass us, by the way. It's we're the ones who feel the embarrassment. Uh, number three is keep the focus on Jesus and don't lose the way forward. Don't lose the way forward. Keep the, when we keep the focus on Jesus, we'll always, always move forward. I guarantee you that. It's almost impossible to not move forward when you keep a focus on Jesus because he's always taking us into the more. 
He's always going to advance our king, his kingdom using us. He will guide us into the purpose and the calling that he has already written out before we were born. This is something that is lately has just been boggled my mind. Okay, look at these verses. Jeremiah 1, verse 4 and 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. So we have been set apart. God actually has a plan for us. I know you guys may already, already know some of this already, but let me add another verse to that. Ephesians 1, verse 4. For he chose us in him. God chose us in Jesus before the creation. Let me pause there. Before the creation, he chose us in Jesus. Think about how amazing. Before creation, he chose us in Jesus. So not even before we were formed. Before creation, he chose us in him. Before he formed day and night, light and the sky and the water and the earth. Before creation. That's amazing. It's for the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So that's amazing. So he has an amazing purpose set aside for us. Focus on Jesus will help push the clutters aside also. Because we want to be the people that delight in his law. Like from Psalm 1, right? Not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way the sinners take or sit in the company of mockers because we delight in his law, because we know we have been set apart, holy and blameless before creations. So go home and think about that. Before creations, God has set us apart, given us a purpose and a calling. Isn't that, see, God is good like that. I think that's an understatement. I, God is, I, I almost felt like swearing, but no, God is so good. He is so good. I, I blame my upbringing in an urban setting. So, so God is so good, so good. So I want to end by reminding us that having a godly vision for our lives begins and ends with having revelation of Jesus in our lives. You know, I think sometimes we get so caught up in, well, what is the vision that God has for me? What am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? Yes. Get to know Jesus. Yeah. Grow in our revelation of Jesus, and then suddenly we will know. That's what it means prophetically. We'll know without knowing. That's what it means. It's just walk into the things that God has for us. Revelation of Jesus is so much more than just knowing Jesus or have a relationship with Jesus, right? A lot of time we hear, yeah, I know Jesus. I have a relationship with Jesus. Revelation of Jesus means having a revelation that our lives begins and ends with Jesus, that we make him the center of our lives, of everything. Having a revelation of Jesus meaning that our major life decisions, whether it's jobs, relationship, moving, or how we parent our kids, are made in according to his law, right? Because I know culture tell us it's all about us, me, myself, and I, how I feel. I feel like this. This is what I want. This is my desire. But we make a decision according to his law. 
versus, oh, you know, I, I used to enjoy this, but now I'm over it now, so I'm going to be over here. I, used to, I like this for now, but I don't know what's going to happen in the future. No. Do things according to his law. That's how we should make our major life decision. Then we can avoid the pitfalls of life. Our decisions are revolved around his law. Okay, and lastly, having a revelation of Jesus, it will help us to trust in his purpose. Trust in his plan. Trust in his provision in all circumstances when we keep our focus on Jesus. So go back to from Ephesians 1 verse 4. For he chose us, chose you and I, in him, in Jesus, before the creation. Isn't that amazing? So getting to know Jesus is how we have a godly vision for our lives. So amen. That's what I have for us for this morning. So um, I'm going to end by praying. Why don't we stand up? Let's stand. Stretch your legs for a little bit. Uh, as I was preparing for this, I didn't have that much notes, but I think I realized as I started talking, I may have talked a little bit too long, so this will give you guys a chance to uh, stretch your legs, and uh, I'll, I'll pray to close the meeting. So, Father, we just want to thank you for you, Lord. We just want to thank you for who you are. Just thank you for meeting with us today, this morning. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will help us grow more in our understanding of you, Lord. Grow in our revelation of you, Lord. And as I know someone prayed this at the pre-service prayer time, that when we leave today, that we will know more of you, Jesus, more of your love, more of your power, more of your majesty, more of your holiness. That's all we want is just more of you, Lord. In everything that we do, it's just more of you. More of you in our lives, more of you in the lives of those around us, and more of you in the lives of everyone here. I'm so thankful for you, Lord Jesus. We love you, we praise you, and we honor you. And we pray to all these things in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.